Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, September 17th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and we're keeping this intro short. Chiefs beat writers Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell, along with columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger, joined me on a Sports Beat Live program earlier today, and, well, now it's our podcast. Let's get right into it. Good morning, and welcome to Sports Beat Live, the Kansas City Star's weekly chat with... Uh, on all things Chiefs. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, your host. We're going to come to you every Thursday when the Chiefs play on a Sunday. Uh, But uh, in two of the first three weeks and three of the first six, the Chiefs don't play on a Sunday, right? They opened up on Thursday night and uh, they play the following week on, uh, on Monday night in Baltimore. They got a game against the Bills on a Thursday night. So we'll let you know. We'll let you know throughout the, you know, after, at the end of the show, programming notes when we're coming at you. Um, so instead of bringing in these guys one at a time, we switched it up this week, <laughs> and <laughs> and they joined us all at once. Um, so let's say good morning to Sam McDowell. It's gone. Herbie. Hey, Her- hey, Herbie, Herbie Teope. Peace. Vahe Gregorian is here. <laughs> and I must say, a showered, toothbrushed, <laughs> cleansed Sam Mellinger is here today. Hi, Sam. <laughs> What's up, guys? All right. So, again, we're going to talk Chiefs. We want you to uh, talk Chiefs with us. Send us questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. And we've got a lot of topics to cover today. Chiefs offense. Um Playing in a stadium, uh, an empty stadium this week uh, at the LA Chargers. Um, uh, with uh, the, the injury update on Charvarius Ward, and as we do every week, that's that's probably a good place to start. We'll we do have an injury report by the time we, by the time we come to you on Thursday mornings, we have one injury report. We get another one on Thursday, and another one on Friday when the Chiefs play on Sunday. So, as we tend to do, let's go to Herbie and talk to uh, him about injuries and i know there were three who didn't practice on wednesday herbie but um what's what's the what's the update on those guys well you know Shaveris ward is obviously the big one uh mellinger's guy uh <laughs> but you know he andy reed said earlier in the week they wanted to see how he did during practice he fractured his hand in the season opener ended up playing i believe 31 of 31 snaps uh if he's not able to go then you're probably going to see rashad fenton and Antonio Hamilton, Legarius Sneed, who looked very good in the season opener. Those are probably going to be your three core cornerbacks. They're going to take a wait and see approach with him, see how he can do, and then probably won't get a clearer picture on his status until Friday. Uh, Colin Saunders, dislocated elbow. There's a report from the NFL Network that he is out for at least a month. Uh, we asked Andy Reid about that specific report and if that was accurate. And Reid, true to nature, kind of like punted on it and said, hey, you know, we don't do timelines here. We don't talk about the injuries, timelines, et cetera. Uh, but if if he's out for an extended period of time, and I think uh, the, the Chiefs kind of played their hand there because they – protected Braxton Hoyer on the practice squad, and he's a defensive tackle, and then he's going to give them some depth there if, if Saunders can't play in week two. And then lastly, the other big injury is Alex Okafor, who suffered a hamstring injury, recorded half a sack with Chris Jones in the season opener, and then walked off the field with a hamstring injury. And if he can't go, then, you know, the Chiefs has some solid depth there at defensive end with Tano Passanio. Uh, Taco Charlton might even be called up because he was inactive last week. 
You've got Damone Harris, who was inactive in week one. He's another guy who can play inside and outside. So he, you've got some pieces there you can move around if those three can't play. Let's stick with that position for a second and bring in another name, and that's Mike. I don't know if it's Dana or Dana. I'm still trying to figure out the, the correct pronunciation of the Chiefs' fifth-round pick from, from Michigan. But this guy got 29 snaps in, in the opener. And, um, and whose who's pup, who's pup is that, I want to know? <laughs> I just muted myself for a second. Did that help you? <laughs> Sorry. There was something going on here. A door opened, so they went into a frenzy. Yeah, and and somehow our producers not uh doesn't pick that up. I want to see the pups, man. I wanna let's let's go. Uh with, with, the, with the farm that is your office. Uh, <laughs> see if we can get him up here at, at the opportune moment. <laughs> okay. So Herbie, yeah, I th- I thought one of the surprises on a couple of surprises from the uh from just the, the personnel uh mixes on opening night was Dana playing as many snaps as he did. And uh, there were a couple others, but he, he is absolutely involved in the mix, isn't he? Yeah, and, and I think like Mullinger will actually agree with me on this as well. During training camp, we actually saw, I'm going to say Dana, because I, I, I remember Spag said Dana last week. So we got Dana, 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 whatever. I'm going to say Dana. It's that, extra, it's that extra N that throws me off. <laughs> we saw during training camp he was getting reps with the ones or, or as part of the rotation. So him playing a lot. It didn't surprise me, and I, but I will say that I was actually surprised that Taco Charlton, another guy that the Chiefs were high on, and you know he cracked the 53. He was inactive, but they do have some moving pieces in there. Treshawn Wharton also played some snaps, but he's a guy who gives them flexibility to go inside and outside, which is big because Mike Pinnell, this is his last week serving his two-game suspension, so he's eligible to return to the roster uh, after Monday night's game. But I, I think they have adequate depth there to cover it. Okay. So that answers Brian LaBerge's question. He wanted to know with uh, with Saunders out and Okafor a little dinged. What are your thoughts on Wharton? Seemed to look pretty good. I for you know for a guy who played Division two football, um, he got he got a few defensive snaps and thought he was. I, I thought he was just fine. Um, you know, look, I and we're going to talk a lot about the Chiefs' offense and the comments by Patrick Mahomes earlier this week. But I, I got to tell you, I. One of, to me, one of the big stories that came out of the win over the Texans was just how well the defense played and um, against Deshaun Watson. They went, I think it was four consecutive series holding tech, the Texans without a score. Um, I think they punted away three of them, and, and maybe one of them was the uh, Legereus Sneed pick. But anyway, it was four straight in the middle of the game while the Chiefs were, you know, were, went from a down seven to up 31 to seven. And just to think of where this defense was at the beginning of last year as they were you know, adjusting to you know new defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo to where it is at the beginning of this year uh, just a, just another reason to be optimistic about about these chiefs am i right no i believe you're right and i think the other key thing too is look at how they dominated the time of possession there i mean the, the score to me when you see when you look at the score you're like oh that was a shootout 34-20 not really because as you pointed out, they were up 31 to seven. And a lot of the points came in garbage time as a lot of the fancy football people love to say garbage time production, but that's basically what it was. Tyron Matthew said that, you know, Hey, we were mad at, you know, they were mad at themselves for actually giving up 20 points. And as you always hear players say, Hey, there's room for improvement, but you have to be encouraged with what they were able to do defensively against Deshaun Watson and his weapons. 
Yeah, Melly, that was your question, I think, to Tyron afterwards. Uh, what, you know, uh, and I, I was kind of expecting, yeah, yeah, we, you know, you know, had a good game and held a team that had run up some yards and points on them last year to, you know, to fewer yards and points. But he, he really, he was genuinely ticked off after after the game. Yeah, Ty- Tyron's standards are closer <laughs> to perfection um, yeah. than my expectations for for football. Um, and I get it, and that's how you know, good players should feel and, and, and should talk. Uh, but you know, yeah, I, I think more about the Texans having seven points. Was it midway through the fourth quarter? Was it into the fourth quarter? Yeah. They scored um, two touchdowns in the fourth. Yeah. Um, more than I do like, you know, giving up those two touchdowns late when the score's out of, out of reach and you're down your top two corners, you know? Um, and again, I get where he's coming from and that's, you know, that, that's that's a high standard or whatever. But, I mean, this is the same guy that will tell you he dropped, you know, 10 interceptions or something last year. And, and a drop to him is when his hand is within, like, five yards of the ball. So, uh, you know, it's <laughs> I, I, I was impressed, though, defensively. I think everybody was. But particularly up front, um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but they, they were pressuring Deshaun Watson all night long. And, and some of that, you know, you know, we we always say like the other team gets paid too um, when when things don't go right. Like maybe maybe the other team shouldn't be paid as much uh, <laughs> to block for Watson as, as they are. But uh, but credit the Chiefs. I mean, especially Frank Clark. You know his his explosion off the ball. I think was better than what we've seen out of him uh, last year. And, and honestly, like a lot of the tape I watched when when they when they made that trade, um, you know, didn't have that kind of explosion that he showed on Thursday. And, and it wasn't just him. And, and it, it's easy to forget now. I mean, they had, have and had last year a ton of depth up front of guys getting after the quarterback. That's one of their philosophies on building that defense. And then they all got hurt. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, they had a bunch of guys get hurt. And maybe this is what it looks like when, when they're healthy. Uh, but they, they, were, <laughs> they, they were at Watson like all night long. I thought T- Passanio was one of the players who really took advantage at the end of last season mm-hmm. of the injuries to Okafor and Ogba. Um, and he started the Super Bowl when he started the the opener, and I, I think he's he's their starting defensive end. Um, so uh, I'll tell you about hey, the, the, just the tandem of Frank Clark and Chris Jones. You've got you know two of the two of the best at their positions. I, I think I think at the NFL, and when we we give all all due credit to to Tyron Matthew for his play and maybe drops an interception occasionally. He created the interception, um, the Legereus Sneed interception with his pressure on Deshaun Watson on, on, on Tuesday, but chiefs seem pretty stout up front now and are only going to get better when, when Mike Pinnell returns and uh, Colin Saunders returns. It's um, the defense looking pretty good uh, compared to the kind of a continuation of what we saw at the end of last season. Yeah, and just sort of tying together what you just said, Blair, with, with something Sam just said. I mean, if you look at um, how that season started last year, they they were they were just not starting from scratch, but so much different personnel, different scheme, different coach, and then you introduce among others really dynamic new players like like Tyron and Frank Clark. So with all that going, it was just going to take a while. But the thing that uh, stands out that really ties us all together is is the Sort of the story Sam McDowell unearthed in Mexico City last year, I think, is where, Sam, you got talking to Frank Clark about how hurt he'd been. I think if my memory serves right, that's that's the case. And um, you can see that uh, a, a Frank Clark that's healthy um, 
and 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 seems to not only be healthy but better um, than he might have been before he came to the Chiefs. Um, wow! So you you do have a defense that's um, at the same standard, or or, or maybe uh, on on trajectory to be better than last year early on this season. Anyway, I mean, there's a lot of football to be played, but you can see the pieces and you can see how they go together. Sam McDowell's excavation ability is not to be underestimated when it comes to unearthing these stories. Um, Sam, uh, the, um, the, another story, I don't, I don't, I don't think you unearthed this one, but you wrote about it. You and Melly both wrote about it this week and let's, we're going to switch gears and switch sides of the ball. And I, I don't know. I, I guess we realized it as the game was unfolding and in the, you know, the weekend afterwards, but it really was, was brought home by Patrick Mahomes himself uh, Wednesday when we talked to him. And that is, you know, this offense, which, you know, has been defined by Mahomes's escapability, his strong arm, all the things that wow fans and have, you know, knocked certain members of the media out of their seats in a press box. Um, Chiefs don't have to don't don't have to have that for their offense to be effective. And uh, and Mahomes talked a lot about that yesterday. Yeah, we didn't see any of the Patrick Mahomes that I, I think, you know, makes all the highlight real plays that the any of the plays that we talk about on the show constantly and that fans talk about, we didn't see any of Patrick Mahomes on Thursday, but it was kind of by design. It was the way the Texans were playing them. And I think they're going to see a lot of this sort of cover two defense where the safeties are deep. They try and take away Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman's speed and make the Chiefs beat them underneath. And Patrick Mahomes worked a lot of the offseason on trying to beat them underneath. That's exactly what they did. They got rid of the ball more quickly than any, any other team, but the ball only traveled. This is the next. Uh, Jen stat that the ball only traveled 3.2 yards in in the air on his average completion downfield, and that is the lowest of all 32 quarterbacks in the NFL this week. So that's not a Patrick Mahomes like stat. He usually averages about 6.5 over the past couple of years, so half of what he usually gets. But it was a strategy that worked, and so that's why even though the stats might not have been there, he said he had his backup quarterback tell him after the game it was one of the best games he'd ever played. Yeah, Chad Henney and Matt Moore both, uh, you know, according to Patrick Mahomes, said, yeah, the best game. And look, his, he had a good quarterback rating, one of his, I think, top 10 or top 11 QB ratings. His 211 yards, I think I counted fifth fewest for Mahomes in a game, and that includes the, the game at Denver last year where he got knocked out early in the second quarter. So from a, you know, just from a yardage production standpoint, one of his lowest games, and yet his, his QB rating was, was really high, his effectiveness. He threw three touchdown passes. Um, but Melly, what do you think? That's, um, uh, I'm, I don't know. That to me is the story of the week for the chiefs is, uh, their offense and how effective it can be with, uh, with Mahomes not, you know, unleashing the way we've seen him do it. Yeah. Um, look, there's few sports that we follow that, that promote, you know, overreaction as much as the NFL, right. Um, it, it's just one game, but I, I do wonder if this is, you know, not that every game's going to be like it was last Thursday, but just if this, if we're going to see more of this than we did in 2018, um, you know, like I, I don't know that he's ever going to throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns again, you know, and, and um, I think Steve Spagnuolo would tell you he hopes not um, because some of that was that the Chiefs were chasing points a right. lot that season. And, and I just, I think I, I've, ever since Thursday night, ever since that game was over, I just kept thinking like this offense is better. 
and it's better for a lot of reasons. Um, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is, is is obvious, but the blocking on Thursday was, um, you know, maybe this is recency bias, but that's as good as I can remember the blocking being, uh, you know, since Mahomes started, uh, you know, became QB one. And if the defense can hold hold up, um, they don't have to do as well as they did Thursday. Um, but if the defense can be top half of the league, then you're not going to see Mahomes have to go downfield. He still can. Um, and I'm sure there will be moments where, where he does. And, uh, you know, they, they were a Demarcus Robinson, actually two Demarcus Robinson catches that, that could have been made away from, you know, two really big highlight plays, uh, the long one toward the back of the yeah. end zone. And then that one, it's like five or six yards, right, where he's, it was one of those where Mahomes is going, going left and kind of twists his body and, and throws right. That was an unreal play that few people get. But I just, I, I wonder if what we're going to see now is more of, you know, Aaron Rodgers, in the last like 10 seasons, um, I actually had it up just a second ago. Um, since 2011, he has thrown no more than eight and as few as two interceptions um, in, in his full seasons o- over that period. That's 10 wow. years. Um, and, and I just wonder if we're going to see, and obviously Rodgers has highlight plays too, right? I mean, he's throwing a lot of touchdowns on a lot of yards. I just wonder if that's more the stat profile we're going to see now uh, from him going forward. Because, you know, if, if the risk-reward balance used to be a lot different. Like, yeah, I'm going to throw to Tyreek Hill downfield, um, even if it's a 40% play. And now what, I wonder if it needs to be like a 60% play because you've got Edwards Hilaire. You've got you know a, a little bit more certainty that you can get smaller chunks when you need them. I just, I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out over time. So to me, Blair, the, that, that's half of it. But the other half is this is a necessity. They had to figure out a way to beat coverages that they're going to see throughout the season and that's the cover two they had yeah. to figure out if teams take away our biggest advantage which is our speed what's the second option and this is it they they don't you know we saw games against the colts and um i can't think of the, the second one but the, there was the colts specifically tried to do this from last year and successfully did it they ended that streak of them scoring 26 straight points so right the, the demarcus robinson touchdown that he dropped was the only pass over 20 yards that patrick mahomes even attempted on Thursday night. Last year, he attempted at least two in every single game other than the Bears game in week 16. One game against Oakland, he attempted 11 of them. And so I, I don't know whether that that sort of um, stat is gone for this team. I don't think so, because I think teams might see what they're doing now and say, okay, now we've got to adjust to this. And then the deep ball comes back. I just think, it, to me, it's a necessity because of what you're going to see teams try and do against them this year. It's a funny thing, too, though. I mean, just to think like we're talking about how how conservative it seemed, right, how they just sort of took what they got and they, you know, scored 34 points. I mean, it, it's and I recognize that that came in different in different uh, ways. But um, if that's the book on beating the Chiefs, then I think the Chiefs are OK with it. Right. You know, <laughs> right. 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 You, you play the right defensive strategy and you hold them to 34. Like, yeah, it's a. It's a weird thing when, when they're not trying to score quickly at all. Like when they're doing like what, what Herbie mentioned earlier, just, um, you know, chunking the ball and, and keeping it for that long and they still get 34. I mean, that, that was one of the questions after the game, right? I was like, you guys only got 34, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> 34 is a lot. You know, it, this is interesting, though. This came up on the Zoom call yesterday. I don't remember who asked it. I, I wanted to think it might be Sam McDowell. But um, at some point, you know, it, you know, here's Patrick uh, turning 25, uh, and you know maybe he's still uh, got that impulse to just I gotta throw downfield sometimes because I gotta throw downfield. But he certainly 
basically curbed that in the in that game. And and I think we, we maybe haven't understood, or maybe we've understood, but maybe not everybody's understood how how really disciplined he actually is. It's that's a balance that he has and will continue to. I don't want to say struggle with, but do you guys remember it was last year it, during training camp when we had kind of the sit down with Patrick and he talked about a specific play against the Seahawks from the year before. And I want to say it was like a third and seven or something like that. And, and he, he either tried to run it or, or, or short pass. And he said, looking back at the tape, um, I think it was Demarcus Robinson was open deep and, and he maybe should have, should have tried that. I just, you know, sometimes the, the, the deep ball is the smart play. It's not just the aggressive play. Sometimes it's a smart play. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's going to go back and forth, like you <clears throat> mentioned. But I just wonder if, you know, if, if I'm a defense, like I think I would approach the Chiefs the way that the Texans did. Um, it used to be make them run the ball, but I don't know that that's that smart anymore. Um, but I, I would want them to try to beat me with 13, 14 plays, you know, in a drive rather than two. Yeah, he, he did uh, sort of make this move to a fault on Thursday because he missed two deep balls. And, and he mentioned them specifically by the flakes where they were easy to go back and look up. And he's absolutely right. In the first quarter, he's got a third and four play. He sees that uh, Daryl Williams is wide open on the flare. So he says, I'm just going to get the first down. And, and sure enough, he picks up the first down. But looking back at the tape, he's got Tyreek Hill one-on-one in the slot. This safety, he's got a single safety that kind of shades towards the other way to where I, I think he's going to be too late to try and get back to Tyreek Hill. That's probably a touchdown. And then he's got Travis Kelsey, no question, for a wide-open touchdown. It was actually the, the snap before Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's touchdown. Um, he's got Travis Kelsey wide open on an out-and-up um, on the sideline. Instead, he checks down to Demarcus Robinson. So it, it, he made all these adjustments in the offseason mentally to, to try and, and, and get himself to – to be acceptant of the check down. And I think twice, maybe he, he pushed a little too far there. What was the play or who was the intended target on the ball that he threw that Eric Murray almost picked off? Um, it was an overthrow. And I just remember thinking at the time, you, Sam and Sam, you guys were at the stadium. And so I'm watching on TV and I didn't just get a good perspective on, on um, who the intended receiver was, but there was a play. It was in the first half where maybe it was an overthrow, maybe the receiver you know, just ran the wrong route, but I, I just thought that was the kind of the closest point to danger that, um, that Mahomes had on Thursday night. It looked like they were like, I can't remember who it was either, Blair, but I think as we were watching it, didn't we think it was like in the four, four guys converging on the scene with one? It was a very odd pass for Patrick, and I don't know if something went wrong along the way that there was a miscommunication, but... Uh, it almost broke up his streak of never throwing a September interception. Yeah, look, when, when something goes wrong for Patrick, I just assume it's the other guy, you know. <laughs> Not Patrick. So, hey, we spent a lot of time after the game talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he was terrific. But I, I wanted to – I don't know what else we can say about him in that game. Um, it, but I do want to bring this up. Um, I want to say his final stats were – 25 attempts for 138 yards. Does that sound about right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't have the stats in front of That's me. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. let's let's talk about the 25 attempts, um, including you know, in several in the you know in, in the second half and, and in the fourth quarter when the game was a bit out of reach. Should the Chiefs, I don't know, on you know on on second thought, 
um, and, and a rookie running back, uh, a guy that size, is there a case to be made that maybe you don't want Edward Jalaire going 25 times in a game in a, in a, you know, in a 16 game NFL season. I know we played 15 last year um, for the, for LSU, but, um, but is that, let's go with you, Herbie. Is that, um, uh, is that something maybe that we, we might see change as, as we go forward? I don't believe so. And Andy Reid, if it, Andy Reid is known. If you have the hot hand, you write it. And I think it was just a fantastic matchup for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You got to remember the Texans finished last year ranked 25th against the run. So they already were a suspect run defense. I don't think they did anything major during the offseason to upgrade on that side of the side of the ball to improve their run defense. So this was this was a perfect matchup for him. And you know when you play cover two, you got to be able to play underneath as well. And the, Clearly, they weren't able to do that. This week against the Chargers, I think it's another good matchup for him. The Chargers allowed the Bengals to run for 122 yards, and Joe Burrow scampered for a touchdown. So you got back-to-back good matchups for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You've got Andy Reid, who's the master technician in game planning for the opponent and attacking the opponent's weaknesses. So this is this is another game that sets up for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The thing that was interesting to me with the 138 yards rushing, we know that Edward Jalair is a good receiver out of the backfield and only had two targets. So wait till we see him involved completely in the offense when they get him involved in the receiving game as well. He's just a fantastic weapon. Okay. Hey, a couple of housekeeping items. Um, progress of Juan Thornhill. Uh, played 38 of, uh, I think it was, 50, was it 58 defensive? I can't remember what the defensive snaps were. 59. 59. Okay. Uh, what, what, did, uh, what did we hear about Juan Thornhill's progress this week? I know McDowell ruled a bounce. So go ahead and take it, Max. Go ahead, Max. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just part of the plan to, to sort of ramp him up. You know, last year he played at least, I think it was 83% of the snaps in, in every game until, of course, week week 17 when he got hurt and left. But, uh, but sorry, Vahe, did you have something? <laughs> um, I think I made myself clear. <laughs> This is just, it, but getting back to Thornhill, it's just, it's just part of the plan. He's going to be playing more, I think, every week. And we, you know, Herbie mentioned it in training camp that they were ramping him up, just trying to get him back with the ones. And this is, this is part of the same thing. For what it's worth, he, he did check out well after the game, said he felt great, according to Andy Reid, and um, also wanted to play more in the game. So I, I think he feels good. Okay. Uh, another item. Did you guys notice where uh, uh, Shea Patterson, former Chiefs quarterback, or who's in camp this year, where with contract he signed? Did anybody notice that this week? Hmm. Signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so <laughs> that tends to happen, does it not? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Shea will be with the Ravens much beyond you know about two weeks. But, Tuesday morning. Go <laughs> <laughs> run the scout team. <laughs> But let, let's 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 talk about that for a second. A little gamesmanship by by the Ravens, I, I guess. Um, Melly, you've been covering the Chiefs as long as longer than anybody here. I, I don't remember Andy Reid doing that, but it's it's not it's not bad form, is it? To to sign a player to you know at least to get a little bit of knowledge of the playbook. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's one of these, like, just subtle, you know, uh, this is what we're going to do. I feel like maybe I'm just making this up because it fits the profile, but I feel like that's a Patriots move, too, <laughs> you know, for, for them to bring somebody in like that. Uh, yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is, um, and look, like, John Harbaugh is a brilliant coach and, and all that stuff, but, like, 
what I keep coming back to is um, I feel like the Chiefs are at this place where I don't want to get like hyperbolic here, but you can know the play, but it doesn't mean you can defend it. You know what I mean? Like in, in basketball, um, you can know the pick and roll's coming, but you know, there's certain options that that come open depending on how you defend it. And and I feel like the Chiefs are in a spot like that. I mean, I um I happen to just be watching um, you know, one of these season, I think it was the America's game, uh, uh, you know, sort of documentary on the Chiefs last season. You remember that play? Um, I think it was the Texans playoff game where uh, you know, Kelsey makes a catch and he comes to the sideline, he's like how the hell did you know that I was going to do that? I didn't know I was going to do that. And I turned around and, you know, he basically like did some move off script of the play yeah, yeah. that he'd never done before, even in practice. And Mahomes knew he was going to do it. And he put the ball right there. I just, I just think about that stuff, you know, that uh, I'm not saying the chiefs are never going to have a bad game or whatever, but I, I guess my point here is this is not like, I feel like the LA, the, the Rams, you know, after their Super Bowl run, um, when it was like a lot of scheme and play design, um, some people studied and some people figured that out, you know, of, of ways to get to Jared Goff and, and, and confuse him a little bit. But with this group, I feel like they are on such solid ground, um, even before they picked up Edward Solaire and before, you know, assembly potentially, you know, improves that offensive line, um, we're, we're really hard to defend. And now they just have so many options. You can take away a, B and C, but D can kill you. You know, it's just, um, that's what I keep going back to. I mean, God bless Shea Patterson. And like, you know, he'll prove his value or whatever with the Ravens. But I just feel like you can know what's coming and still not be able to stop it. Yeah. Hey, Blair, can I just chime in real quick on that? One of the things that's really interesting about what Sam said, it's it's like you add up the inventory and the way they can improv off the inventory, right? But also within that, I do think Andy is probably known for being unpredictable or, or less predictable maybe than a lot of his peers. And I don't know how to measure the predictability thing. Like, probably the only way to measure it is to get this dog to be quiet. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Um, but but I, I, the way you would ask the question would be, uh, what do? How often are other coaches really thrown off and really don't understand what's coming from the other guy? And I, I don't know how you'd really measure that. But I suspect Andy Reid would be near the top of the list on that to begin with no matter what Shea Patterson's able to get across to the Ravens. Here's the interesting thing to me. Um, obviously, Harbaugh comes from the Andy Reid tree. So, he, you know, he's, he spent some time under Andy Reid. So it's, it's fascinating to me that he is going to bring in a player uh, when he should already be familiar with the scheme. He's already faced Andy Reid a couple of times on his career. But, hey, it's, it's like you said, Blair, it's all gamemanship. It happens all the time around the NFL. Not, it's not just exclusive to the Ravens. Patriots are known to do it. Uh, Sean Payton down in New Orleans. Sorry, Sam, I had to mention it. Sean Payton down in New Orleans is known to do it as well. Hey, you bring these guys in because NFL players, when they're cut from a team, it's not like the military where they're signing a non-disclosure statement. You know, you can't if you had a secret clearance, you can't talk about what you learn. So the players obviously share that stuff as well. One one other thing about John Harbaugh too that that I appreciate is, uh, do you remember last year when they played that game and and he went for every fourth down that he could get yeah, his hands on yeah. and went for two and all those things and I just I appreciate a guy like that kind of changing being able to adapt and and follow the numbers a little bit I know I'm a data guy but you know being able to to, to trust in that and try to give yourself any edge specific to that opponent you're trying to beat now I still think that the Ravens, especially like how they're built, should run the ball 
a hell of a lot more. Um, you know, I think that's a good way to, to get some yards against this Chiefs defense. Um, you know, but so I guess we'll see about that. I, I like how this is, you know, we, we have such great respect for the Chargers. We're already breaking down the <laughs> Chiefs Ravens <laughs> you know, right now. But I guess that's what we're ahead, man. Just <laughs> one game at a time with this group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, hey, we'll look forward to the challenge of the Chargers here in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Bonetta wants to know, I, I, good question. Uh, I think we dealt with it a little bit after the game, but uh, why did Willie Gay not play more? Uh, is it just a, did, do we speculate that it's just a, uh, just a matter of him picking up the defense and a little bit of a, you know, a, more of a complicated position than say a cornerback? Uh, what do you think, Herbie? It's going to be a matter of time. I mean, you know, this is a point that we've hammered home since training camp. So it was no, no surprise that Ben Neiman is starting, uh, you always got to go back to last year. What took this Chiefs defense uh, all that time to, to really grasp what Steve Spagnuolo wants to do? And it, it didn't happen until midway through the season. And everyone said, hey, it's a, it's a new scheme. Keep in mind that Gay did not have the benefit of the rookie minicamp OTAs or the mandatory minicamp before training camp. So that's a lot of lost repetitions. It makes perfect sense to bring him in slowly Special teams is known for making players think fast and react and, you know, instinctual play. And that's going to help him transition to whenever they decide, hey, let's get him in on defense. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay. All right, guys. Time to play a little candy corn here. Um, uh, we've got uh, – but we'll start with uh, with a question from Henry Ortman. Uh, do you guys ever go out and have a couple of beers together just for the fun of it? A couple? Uh, you know, I <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Absolutely not a couple. It's, it's never. Or, or we sat around in the Airbnb hub and, you know, during Super Bowl, we can drink it all there at the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Henry, we do. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, that was fun. So let's uh, three things. We're going to look ahead uh, to, uh, to, the, to the game in L.A. and the atmosphere, what we expect the atmosphere to be. Uh, besides Smokey in, in L.A. But, um, but we'll start with this. Um, so Sam Mellinger uh, has a story on, on the Stars' website that, uh, about the Chiefs' offense and, and Patrick Mahomes. And as we talked about, discussed earlier, the, you know, basically uh, not needing the, the big arm of Patrick Mahomes for this offense to succeed. Uh, and he got into the story um, by professing his, his love for Chicken McNuggets and um, and I, after reading it, I concluded that I don't think I love anything as much as Sam Mellinger loved Chicken McNuggets um, as a youth and perhaps young adult. <laughs> so it got me thinking. Um, let's uh, let, let's do some uh, let's do some fast food favorites here. All of us have been sports writers for longer than we want to count. All of us have been on the road, on the highways and byways, 
uh, of the Midwest and having to stop at fast food places. And, uh, and I imagine we have, uh, uh, we have collected our, um, our favorites. There are places that we will and won't stop. And, and so, uh, Sam McDowell, let's start with you. Um, fast food favorites. Do you love anything as much as Melly loves his McNuggets? Probably not. I did wonder how long Sam has been trying to sneak that into the lead of an article. And <laughs> yesterday he was like, all right, today's the day. <laughs> um, my number one is probably Zaxby's. Uh, I, I, I discovered it wow. when I lived out there. Great uh, wings, boneless wings. Um, they actually opened in Kansas City like maybe two or three years ago, but nothing within like half an hour of my house. In fact, if somebody out there once is a franchisee watching because I know we have viewers from everywhere. Once to open one in Eastern Jackson County, like I will single-handedly probably keep them profitable. And beyond that, anytime my wife says I don't care where we eat, she knows that I've got something in mind every single time. So it's <laughs> sort of luring out there that we're going to Zaxby's then. I thought it was interesting that Zaxby's came to Missouri when the Tigers got into the SEC. I don't think that was a coincidence, right? Yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. I know where they all are in, in, uh, in Missouri. Yeah, I know exactly where the ones in Columbia are and the ones here in Kansas City. Okay. Bit of an upset pick, uh, Zaxby's. All right, Vahe, what do you think? Well, there's a couple of different ways to look at this. One is just the utilitarian value of exit 103 McDonald's on uh, I-70. On your way. I think it's exit 103. And it's usually, usually the two uh, the two cheeseburger fries combo. That's just kind of the one you, you can keep driving very easily. I would prefer the Wendy's burger, but they're not as available. Um, but really, the the best thing I could ever get at a fast food place is the Jamocha Shake at Arby's Exit 101, I think, on I-70. <laughs> um, I have seldom done the 103-101 double stop, but as I'm talking about it now, it seems kind of tempting. <laughs> are, are you telling us like, where a McDonald's is located? Because they are everywhere. Like, <laughs> Well, it is true that there's like seven of them on I-70, and sometimes there's that one. I don't know if that's Concordia, 48 or 49 or 58. There's a couple right there. Anyway, that's that's a little of the layout. Uh, but I I don't I'm like, I don't know if you guys are like this, but I seldom will eat it unless it's on the road for work. Right. right? It's not too often that that happens. You just totally set that up like it was some mom and pop place. Like this exit 101, <laughs> behind here, this place called McDonald's. <laughs> I just wanted to bring the audience along with the, uh, you know, the trip itself. With the drama. All right, Herbie, what you got? Oh, I can't wait for this. Oh, I am the connoisseur of fast food. <laughs> I will tell you this. My three favorites. When I was, uh, I'm going back to my first career. When I was based out of Fort Bliss in Texas, Whataburger, obviously in Texas, is huge. But Whataburger actually delivered. So you could sit there in the barracks and order your big giant cheeseburgers and be good. Never have to leave. Uh, Indianapolis, forget St. Elmo. White Castle, baby. I will eat White Castle the whole week while we're up there at the Combine. And then yeah. in the South, Crystal. Those Crystal Pups? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy that orders IHOP through DoorDash. So if you want fast food, you talk to me. <laughs> uh, we went there. Look at the stunned silence from these guys. <laughs> we just didn't right, make that public. Yeah. Is there a number two, Melly, for you? Well, 
Oddly <laughs> enough, I was about to, for the first time in this show's history, completely co-sign all of Herbie's takes until until he went to IHOP. <laughs> but before that, he was he was lights out. Um, the the chicken McNuggets thing followed me longer in life than it probably should have. Like I, I think I was well into college before I got off of the chicken McNugget. Um, and you know, I think the the one that has stuck with me the most is uh, Taco John's. Oh, yeah. um, I will fight somebody over Taco John's. Uh, I usually get the um, there's a fifteen cent difference between if you get the the two taco meal and a taco bravo, or the taco bravo and two tacos. And I can't remember which one. I was, I do the math every time I go there, um, just to, <laughs> to save the the fifteen cents. It's basically like people who grew up in Johnson County love Taco Villa, like that's their thing. People grew up in the Northland. It's in a tub, which is fantastic, yeah, yeah. by the way. Um, but I grew up in Lawrence, so it's uh, Taco John's. And also, I know we're trying to stay positive, but I would rather starve than eat Subway. True that. I, I, did, I did go through a Subway phase um, <laughs> about 10 years ago, but ugh, no more, no more. Uh, you know, Vahe's Rand McNally uh, conversation got me thinking that, you know, think about leaving Kansas City in any direction. I, you know, I, I, I know where all of them are, right? Uh, the, 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 the Boonville stops uh, at, uh, that Vahe mentioned. If you're going if you're going west toward Manhattan, uh, um, if you don't stop at the, you know, at the McDonald's rest area outside of Lawrence or the one outside of Topeka, I think that's a Hardee's. Um, you just know where they are going north on 29 or 35. I know Cameron exit off of 35 and Mound City off of 29. Uh, sometimes it's not what your favorite is. It's what's available. And that's right. sadly for me, uh, the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich not available in many of those directions. Uh, well, is that right? The, the number 11 or the, the regular? Um, I, I don't order it by the number, so I just go in spicy chicken sandwich, cheese, lettuce, pickle, tomato. Uh, okay. There's tomato. there's one that has jalapeno and bacon and this like, spicy. Oh, fantastic sandwich, it's so good. Fantastic sandwich. Well, so and, good. I, and listen, I have uh, I have succumbed to the Popeyes chicken sandwich uh, craze. I think that is a fantastic sandwich, and it's uh, there's one over in uh, Olathe that I can I can get to have been to, I should say. So. All right. Well, thank goodness we got that topic covered. Um, all right, let's look. Let's cover look the hell out of it. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> might have to be a part two in the coming weeks. So, so Vahe and I are heading to L.A. for uh, Chiefs Chargers, and Vahe, we are going to uh, we're going to see some smoky uh, air, uh, breathe some some smoky air. You can actually see haze in this part of the country. From the forest fires, not only in California but Oregon and Washington, but um, but we're also going to see an empty stadium. And I, I'm, I'm wondering before we just break down the game and give some predictions, what what do you think we're going to? How's it going to feel? What do you think? I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing a new stadium, uh, that SoFi Stadium, but empty. It's just it's just going to be weird. I I think what it, the sound of it is what's what's uh, what I'm anticipating being the strangest, right? And I, I'm assuming the way the stadium's set up that sounds like a funny way to put it, but it'll be an open-air press box within the stadium, right? It won't be like Arrowhead where you're inside. So I'm just curious about the the, the sort of echo chamber of sorts that it might be. Um, and I know we'll have stuff piped in. I don't know how it'll sound at the stadium, though. I, I, I wonder also, though, what we'll, in the end, what we'll see about how it affects 
how they communicate on the field, right? I mean, that's going to be kind of the funniest thing. You get this feeling like <laughs> like they really think their voices are going to be overheard. Um, and I, I, I assume they'll do everything they can to uh, prevent that. But I just think it's going to be funny having this backdrop, a vast place with nobody in it. Really is, and we saw that uh, what on Sunday night was it was that the Sunday night game the uh, the Rams that opened the stadium against the Cowboys. Sam McDowell eight and a half is the line, uh, big big number for a road team uh, as a favorite. Uh, do, do you like that? Is that uh, is that about where it should be? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously the better sort of dictate where the line ends ends up, and right now I, it seems like about fifty five percent of the bets are on the Chiefs. So yeah, I think that number makes sense. Okay. All right, Herbie, break it down a little bit. What, uh, where can the Chiefs uh, – listen, I'll say this about the Chargers. Um, got by Cincinnati on the road in week one, although I don't know what on the road means this year. You know, I just don't know what, what, what big advantage or disadvantage it is. But in two games against the Chiefs last year, the Chargers outgained the Chiefs. Uh, there were more than 100 total yards in, in, the, in the Mexico City game and outgained them at, at Arrowhead as well. Chiefs ended up winning both of them, of course, because they always beat the Chargers. Um, but new quarterback, first time without uh, Chiefs won't be seeing Phillip Rivers uh, in quite a while. What, uh, how do you think this game unfolds, Herbie? I, I think you're going to see a different type of Chargers offense. I mean, you, you look at the game last week, Tyrod Taylor only averaged 6.9 yards per pass attempt. And then you had to remember uh, Melvin Gordon's gone. So now you've got Austin Eckler, who remains dangerous, but you no longer have to worry about a dual combination in that backfield. It, it, this is, look, the, the Chiefs own the Chargers. In the past 12 games, they're 11-1. and one. Uh, I don't think this is going to change any differently here. When you look at what the Bengals were able to do, I mentioned 122 yards rushing against the Chargers defense, and Joey Bosa didn't practice yesterday because of a triceps injury, so he's an injury to watch. Um, this sets up for another Chiefs win, in my opinion. Okay. Hey, Melly, so what do you think? Bottom line for us, um, Chiefs win this one uh, by a couple scores? I would think so. Uh, I would think so. I think they're the better team in in most ways that you can be the better team. Uh, Herbie just mentioned a big thing to watch is the that Bosa injury. I'm kind of bummed about Derwin James still. I know it's been a yeah. while, but uh, you know that that guy. I, I'm just looking forward to watching that sort of matchup, Derwin James against this offense. You know, for years to come. Kind of bummed that we're not going to see it on Sunday, but unless. You know, Bosa and, and Ingram, you know, they got some guys up front, but it, unless they just wreck Mahomes and, and, and hit him into oblivion, um, it's it's hard to see a way that the Chargers are going to win this. Okay. I, um, I, I've i got to kind of right at the line, but we'll, we'll see. Okay, listen, we've, we've gabbed on uh, longer than we usually do, but I enjoyed the conversation with all of you. A couple of programming notes. If you um, if you want to hear this again, it'll be the Sportsbeat KC podcast this afternoon tomorrow mellinger minutes for your ears is um is dropping always pay attention to that and follow the coverage uh by all these guys in the print editions of the kansas city star and on kansascity.com big thanks to monty davis and chris oshner for putting the show together today in beth's beth welsh's absence so all right guys we will do it again after the game somehow we'll figure it out when we get out there but we're gonna do it after the game on Sunday, and uh, and I look forward to talking to you then. Thanks, everybody. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. And big thanks to Monty Davis and Chris Oshner for helping us out on 
the broadcast this morning and the podcast this afternoon. Links to stories about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are nearly 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional sports news and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That is account kansascity.com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC we'll be back on Friday with another episode thanks for listening